You are listening to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and I'm joined here each episode with my co-host, Chrissy Dunham, and we just want to say thanks for tuning in. Have you ever wondered what the Bible has to say about worry and fear? Have you ever wondered how to decorate an odd-shaped room? Have you ever wondered how to make a quiche with a sweet potato crust? Well, you're in the right place because we talk about all the things. If we don't know the answers to some of life's biggest, most wonderful questions, the guests we have on certainly will. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Welcome to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Chrissy Dunham, and I am here with my co-host, Lisa Clark, and we are here for another adventure in God's Word. If you've been listening to us for the last couple of podcasts, we are walking through the book of Colossians, and today we are going to conclude with Colossians 4. So if you have not listened to the other chapters, I would love for you to go back and listen to those first. However, If you don't want to do that, you don't have to because they stand alone and God's word is absolutely amazing and exciting. So you listen to it to the way you wish that we are going to conclude the last chapter of Colossians today. So Lisa starts us off with, in a nutshell, from a commentary that she reads from by Holman. So Lisa, why don't you kick us off? Well, Chrissy, I'd be happy to. Here we go. In chapter 4, Paul tells the Colossian believers, fellow believers in Colossae, be diligent and alert in your prayers. Please pray that God will give me opportunities to share clearly the message of Christ even while I'm in prison. In your own dealings with unbelievers, may you be wise with your lives and winsome with your words. All of the men who assist me and who are such a comfort to me send their greetings. I am sending a letter to the Laodicean believers. And I want the two churches to exchange and read one another's letter. May God's grace sustain you. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, I'm going to start out by reading Colossians 4, 1 through 6, I believe. Yes, that's correct. Masters, deal with your slaves justly and fairly, since you know that you too have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door for us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains so that I may make it known as I should. Act wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you should answer each person. So this starts out with just like, he's just laying it out. There's no, hey, how y'all doing this afternoon? Of course, this <laughs> is the continuation of his letter yeah. that he is, you can tell he's starting to wrap up and he's getting ready to talk about some main points. And the verse two is one that we have studied many times and crazy about, devote yourselves to prayer stay alert in it with thanksgiving. And that sticks out to me because prayer is our vehicle to chat with the Lord. It's our conversation with Him. And you can do it anytime, anywhere, whether you're laying down, you're on your knees, you're flat on the floor on your face, you're driving in the car. That's what I love about our relationship with the Lord is you can talk to Him anytime, anywhere. You can be in a crowd 
or you can be alone in a cabin in the mountains. So it's just as powerful either way. But he says to devote yourselves to prayer. Devote. That's just, it needs to be the main part of your life. And you want to communicate with the person that knows you best, person that you want to get to know better. And then the second part says, stay alert. You need to be watchful. And he's reminding us that the enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. So even though you devote your time with him and you chat with him and it's a continuous conversation with the power of the Holy Spirit, that enemy is still after you. He's after your family. He's after your friends. He's after everything. So you have to stay alert. And then he ends that sentence with thanksgiving. So stay alert with thanksgiving. I love that. And I love that his focus is prayer there at the very, very beginning. What do you think about this, Lisa? Yeah. And I'll go a different direction. So prayer. And then in verse six, he talks about our words and how we are to interact in the world. And let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And so here we are, we're talking about having gracious words rather than gruff words. We're talking about being charming instead of coarse. Talk is to be seasoned with salt. What is the best part? Salt makes things just a little better, right? When you put yes. a little salt on it, it just get, it just makes it tasty. That's right. And salt is a preservative. So when you season your words with salt, when you preserve your wa- words, they don't go rotten. They are preserved. They last. They're what he calls a beautiful floral bouquet to wrap around. It's a necklace, you know, a beautiful necklace to cascade around your neck. That's what gracious words are. And so when we season our words with salt, we're saying, I don't want these words to burn up. I don't want these words to burn someone. I don't want these words to rot. I want them to build up. I want them to encourage. I want them to be full of grace and peace. I want them to last. I want people to remember these words. Those are the words that believers should be speaking and not the coarse, gruff stuff, the things that stay with us and hold true, free from corruption, wholesome, flavorful, making everything better. So when you talk about your words, and this was Paul spent this time on this and how much our speech, how important it is, man, we've seen that lived out these last this last year, haven't we? We have. And anything that you speak or write can be twisted. Yes. It can be turned. People can take it and make it something you never thought it would be. So this section also talks about making the most of your time. So that reminds me, make the most of your opportunity. There's a reason why you were born at this time. So with all of these worldly issues going on and all the different things going on in our lives, you're supposed to take the time and the opportunity to speak what you believe when the time is appropriate. And then those words need to be seasoned and they need to be smart. And Lisa, the only way that we can have these type of conversations where our words aren't twisted and turned is with the power of the Holy Spirit, which goes back to 
what we learned in chapter three, when your mind is set on him and you are walking in his power and his spirit, then those words are automatically seasoned with salt and all the things you just read about. And you make the most of that opportunity. So if there's a time for you to speak up at your school or to speak up because your child's been bullied or someone in the neighborhood has had has something to say, I would devote myself to prayer. And what did it say? Be watchful because the enemy's going to come and kill, steal, and destroy and twist it. And he may use your kids. He may use your husband. I don't know who's going to attack who. And then the opportunity will come for you to speak these words that have been seasoned with Jesus and seasoned with love and all of those things. So it all goes together. And I think Paul was just reminding them, make the most of this opportunity. Make the most of the words that you speak. Make the most of the people that you interact with. Don't waste time. So I love that section about the time to making the most of your time. Yeah, we're all given the same amount of time, right? We're also all given those the 24 hours in a day. That's the one commodity that we that's all equal across the board. That's right. You know, it's just a matter of how we're going to spend it. And yeah. we spend so much time in idle talk and saying things that held no value whatsoever, whether it's through gossip or just flippant things that we're saying and you know, saying things that don't matter. And, you know, a good visual is just to envision Jesus sitting right there next to you on the, on the sofa while you're talking. Would your, would your speech change Mm -hmm. if Jesus was with you, you know? Yeah. And that little tongue, I mean, I've heard you talk on this before, Chrissy, but that tongue can be, it's a weapon. Deadly poison. Yes. And Mm -hmm. we got to make sure it's, it's controlled. Just like we read in chapter three, that we have been hidden in, we're dead and hidden in Christ with God. So what sh- what comes out of our mouth is covered by that, making sure that our words are gracious and loving. It, that doesn't mean we don't speak truth, just like you said, but it's got to be in a loving way where the hearer knows that it's sweet like honey and that we care mm-hmm. and have a common goal of making the most of Christ in this situation. That's right. right. Okay, let me me continue on. I'll just read the rest of of the chapter here. We got some uh, doozy names, so we'll we'll get through this. Yes, a beloved brother, faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord will tell you all the news about me. So Paul had sent Tychius to the church at Colossae. And I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your word. So Paul wanted him to go and and love on this church. And the letter was encouraging to them for sure. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they will make known to you all things which are happening here. So Onesimus and Tychius were going to fill in the church at Colossae. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, not the same Jesus Christ, but the one who is called Justice, these are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God, who are of the circumcision. They have proved to be a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you, 
in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and those in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demachus, cannot read. D- this is why I gave it to Lisa. Demas, to Demas, Demas, greet you. I can hardly see this. <laughs> it's very dark in my room. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea, in Nymphos, and the church that is in his house. Now, when this epistle is read among you, see that it is read also in the church of, La- of the Laodiceans and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. So, so share the letters and say to Ar- Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. This salvation by my own hand, this salutation by my own hand, Paul, remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen. So listing his friends in the ministries, listing those who have comforted him. He's praying comfort over them. He's saying, this is your charge. You know, I love these this scripture in particular because he's pointing out the people who mean so much to him. Yes. And that meant a lot to me. I got a text from someone yesterday that was reading scripture and she just sent me an encouraging word, you know, that really just lifted my spirits. Not that I was down or anything, but it was just like, yeah, I mean, it was just awesome, you know? And, and I think this is what he's trying to do here. He, you know, we all want to know that we're noticed and that we're thought of and that people care. And when you have that opportunity to show someone or tell someone that you care about them, that they've encouraged you along the way, that you're cheering them on, that they've meant a lot to you in your life, man, we got to use those opportunities to say it. And when we talk about words a few minutes ago, man, when we use our words to lift somebody up, it just, it's jet fuel for them in their life. So I love that he talked about his companions and his ministry partners in that scripture. Yes. And I also loved And again, my light's a little dark too here, but in (laughs) verse 12, he said, Epirus, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. He is always wrestling for you in his prayers so that you can stand mature and fully assured in everything God wills. I love that. And it's a great reminder to us. Do we wrestle in prayer for our friends? Do you wrestle in prayer for those who are in need of physical healing? In the Bible fellowship class that we lead, we have a text thread that is always going. And just in that small group, there are so many needs And so many crazy things that happen in this world, whether it is an illness, whether it's an accident, whether it is a relationship that's having issues, whether it's a child, whether it's a brother, a sister, the list goes on. And I, this urged me to really wrestle with this prayer. You know, Lisa, we always say, I'm praying for you, or I got you, or all these little quick things things. And this convicted me of wrestling with it. I know that when someone says they are praying for me, 
I trust that they truly are praying for me. And that means so, so much that this one request that came through is a teacher that was camping, had a heart issue, and she has been through it. She is not a believer, and her school teachers were very concerned and called a prayer time together and cried out to the Lord, and I'm watching them wrestle in prayer for this precious teacher. I am praying, too. I don't know that I'm wrestling with it, just on my mind all the time. And I think a lot of that has to do with relationship. They have a strong relationship with her. I don't know her at all. But just like uh, for you and for my friends, I find myself, and I love this word, wrestling in prayer, wrestling in prayer because you're so concerned and you're begging God. And I know that I've wrestled in prayer for my own family and for my own kids, but I love that he pointed this friend out that he is wrestling in prayer for them and this letter and all the things that he is pointing out to them, encouragement and also giving them guidance and direction on the things that they can do better. So that really stuck out to me. You know, sometimes you read scripture and you're like, well, why is this in here? I mean, like, okay, glad he likes his friends and all that. But then you (laughs) catch little words like that, that he wrestled in prayer for you and that you will stand mature and fully assured in everything that God wills. So I love that. I that just stuck out to me for some reason. And I think with all the things that are going on with prayer, just in my own life, it was a great reminder that I need to be wrestling on their behalf. Yeah. And I agree with that. And it's so good. And in the applications part of my commentary, it says, evaluate the effectiveness of your prayer life. And it goes with just exactly what you're saying. Are you, is your prayer life effective? You know, are you wrestling? So I kind of am doing something new this year and I'm keeping a prayer list and I keep it in my Bible, in my devotional book in the morning so that when I open it up, I'm able to see all of my prayers there. I've done this in different ways throughout the years, but for some reason this year, it is really effective for me because I just wrote my new one because my other one had gotten kind of sloppy because I was making notes all over the place and getting writing updates and So it just, it's all of my prayers right there in front of me and it keeps everything at the forefront. And I remember yesterday I was talking to my sister who had shared a prayer request with me and, and I said, well, give me an update on that because I've been praying about that. And she was like, oh my gosh, she goes, let me tell you, God has just done a work. You know, it's, it's just so awesome. You know, all in just giving me the wonderful update on this prayer. And I was able to make those notes and, and it was just kind of exciting. But then she said, but here's something else now that I need you to pray about. (laughs) Here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. And, and that is, you're exactly right. How many times have we said, oh, I'll pray for you. And, you know, when you tell somebody that we, you know, we got to pray, we got to pray, mark it down, do something where you remember and continue to walk with that family through it as they're as you're letting them know, hey, just want you to know I prayed about this this morning. I love getting those texts from people mm-hmm. in my life yes. who are praying for me yes. and over different things. And just, you know, knowing I'm not alone. And there's somebody out there that's lifting up my name to the Lord. I mean, what a blessing. Yes. So, you know, as we look at the effectiveness of our prayer life, 
Um, is it a haphazard prayer life or is it a, is it a diligent and consistent and, you know, where, where you've got a plan? And yeah. I think that really helps. But, you know, you need to always remember how you feel. Just like you said, when you get those texts or someone wants an update, you're like, oh my gosh, you really are praying. Yeah. When you're the recipient of prayers and you've asked people to pray on your behalf and you hear from them, it is so encouraging. And yes. just like, wow, they really are. And, you know, people say, I feel your prayers and you do. Yeah. You feel a peace. And I always want to make sure I'm careful that I'm part of that team. If I told them I would, yeah, that I want to be a part of that team. And just to say a word on Lisa and her little list, when we went to Florida to celebrate her birthday on her refrigerator on vacation was her prayer list. And she had all the names listed and we're like, what's this? And she said, oh, that's my prayer list. It just helps me remember who I'm praying for and what's going on. And I love that. I think that's a great reminder, especially to have it in your Bible so that it's always with you. And when you open it, it's the forefront of what the Lord is asking you to do that day. So I would encourage everybody to start wrestling in your prayers. And it's very meaningful. People live, they're they're counting on it. Yeah. And the Lord does hear our prayers and He does want us to petition Him. And whatever the outcome is, it's His plan. And we need to be confident in that and comfortable in that, whether it's our answer or not, that is what He had for our life. And we have to trust Him that that is best. And there are so many things we can be praying for. You could spend all day in your prayer closet. Yeah, so, it's true. Making the list is a great idea and a very applicable thing to do. So I love Paul. I love the letters that he's written to all the different churches, and they're all filled with such wisdom and grace and love. And I love how he ended this one with all his ministry buddies and what an encouragement that must have been as he was in prison. Can you imagine? No. Being in prison and everybody out and about doing their thing. And he gets these letters and reports back of what's going on. And he's still doing ministry. He's not focused on himself at all or the circumstances that he's in. He is still worried about those people and encouraging them and loving them, directing them all those things. So that's who we need to be. We need yeah. to be the people that never quit, no matter what our circumstances look like, no matter what we're up against in the good times and the bad times, we we need to preach the gospel. Amen. And we need to preach it to ourselves too. Amen. Lisa, any closing thoughts on this amazing book of Colossians? Well, it, it encouraged me. I mean, the letter was to encourage the church and it has encouraged me. It's just so many incredible uh, beautiful scriptures that Paul penned from from jail in chains to encourage this this new church, and we know they were up against so much. Mm. And this was this when this letter came, it had to just lift them to heaven. Yeah, yes. you know. And I think it's still two thousand years ago. It's meant to do the same thing. It's supposed Amen. to lift us up and get us excited, remind us of who we are that our identity is in Christ, that we're hidden in Him, and that the people that we have in our life, this is not, you know, it's not happenstance. We're here for a reason, and the people in our life are here for a reason. We need each other. We need community. We need to be in prayer, rejoicing in all things, being grateful, Mm. all the things. I mean, it just, it takes your focus right back off yourself and onto Mm. the godly things that last forever, and it's a, a good reminder. That's right. To God be the glory, great things He has done. Amen. 
Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. We are thrilled that you've spent this time with us. Just want to say thank you. We also want to make sure you're aware that we have another podcast called Raising Sinners. It's on the Christian Parenting Network. And we would love for you to join us there, too. If you've got kiddos or know someone who does, check us out at Raising Sinners, the podcast for parents. And lastly, Chrissy and I also want to just thank those of you who have been so generous to support our podcast ministry. If you're interested in doing that, we would love for you to go to chrissydenham.org and click on the party table. You can make any size donation and all of those proceeds go to help us with our podcast ministry. So if you've done that before, we thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you'd like to check it out, please do. So God bless you. And thanks again for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Mm -hmm.